Uh, this uh, th this more of the, the thoughts that I have on my mind have to do with, uh, you know, I think if if Jesus were to you know, speak highly, speak very highly of someone, I think that that would mean that that man deserves a little bit of our of our attention, a little bit of a little bit of our time to look at. Um, if there was also a man who was who was named as a, a forerunner of Christ, I would think that man also deserves just a little bit of our, our time and attention. Uh, the man that I, I'm talking about is uh, known as John the Baptist. And uh, he is uh, given many different names. One of them I just said is known as a, a forerunner of Christ. Um, and uh, you'll have to forgive me because I'll have to go to a... I'll kind of be a little bit all over the place because there, you know there's not one single book that's just devoted to the life and ministry of John. He's spoken of, uh, he's prophesied about in the Old Testament. He's mentioned in, in all four Gospels. <laughs> and each one is a little bit different telling about John and his ministry and things about him. Uh, but <clears throat> for, the, for the Lord to say that, none, <laughs> that from among women, that came from women, none were greater than John the Baptist, that, that, to me that says that there is a, a lot of important significance to John the Baptist. Uh, he did a, a lot of great things. And I hope that by us uh, looking at the life and ministry of John that there will be some things that we can take away from him and some things that you'll see that his ministry is one that, we st that still goes on today. It's a, a ministry and message that we still preach today. Um, but uh, he first has talked about in the, in the 40th chapter of Isaiah is when we're first... Um, and I could find that we're, we're really uh, told of the prophecy of John the Baptist. And in the 40th chapter, it starts out saying, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her, that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. And uh, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, Make straight in the desert a highway of our God. That voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, that they're referring to, we later find out in the New Testament, is referring to John the Baptist. Uh, Jesus, even, <coughs> Jesus even says that John is the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, so we can take comfort to know this is referring to John the Baptist. Amen. And he is given here just from this prophecy, <coughs> I mean, he's given a, a really a, an important task. A huge task. I, I can't imagine really a, a, a task more important and a, I would think pretty difficult than this. Uh, you think of you know Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt. You know that sounds like a pretty hard task to accomplish. I can't imagine being told that you're going to go before Christ to prepare the way for Him. Amen. That sounds like a very just huge task. I can't imagine the pressure John had to have felt when he when he found out. That voice in the wilderness is me. It's supposed to be me. That he's given a huge task. And it says in the fourth verse, Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And in the sixth verse, we're told a part of what his message is. There are several different verses that kind of point to what what John's message was. In the sixth verse, it says, The voice said, Cry. And he said, What shall I cry? It says, All flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. 
The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. And this message was meant to be a word of comfort to, to the people. That, you know, uh, that, that, that we just as grass, you know, we're gone just in an instant. I mean, we, we fade away. But, our, but Christ and His Word will stand forever. I think that was meant to be a, a word of comfort to His people. <laughs> He's also spoken of in the, in the book of Malachi. In the third chapter, when we see another telling of John the Baptist and his coming. And here he's not, he's not, uh, he's, he's given another title too. It says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. So John, just before we're even introduced to him, he is known as the, as the forerunner of Christ. Which just means that you know, he, pre he precedes Christ and indicates the coming of, of Christ. And then in Malachi, he's also said he's, going, he's his messenger. Now a messenger, you think, I think of a messenger like, you know, like a postal carrier, a post office carrier. Usually they're carrying a message that is not their own. They're carrying the message of an, on behalf of another. So John's message was not one that came from him himself. He was delivering a message that was from Christ to his people. And... Uh, the last we're mentioned about of John is at the very end of the book of Malachi. Now these are the last two verses of the Old Testament. And for 400 years uh, there, was, there was never a prophet after that. For 400 years there was silence. There was nothing. At the end of the fourth chapter it says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And here's something else that says that, that this prophet will do. This prophet Elijah he's referring to is John. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. John was, get, was not just going to be a messenger of Christ. To me that tells me he was going to be, a, he was going to reconcile, he was going to reconcile people. He was preaching reconciliation. And like I said, for 400 years uh, there's, there's never a prophet after that. There's a silence. No, no one is, is speaking on behalf of God. And then you just have a Pharisees and Sadducees that have kind of taken over in the religious world. And like I said, in the Gospels, there's several different, um, there, there are several different tell, tellings of when we first are introduced to, to John the Baptist. And this is, in the first chapter of Luke, we're seeing another, uh, I think just something else that shows the, the greatness of John and how important he was. In that uh, he had a miraculous birth. In the first chapter of Luke, it taught, in the first chapter of Luke, in the fifth verse, it says that there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of a bee, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And a whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. 
But the angel said unto him, Fear not, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. I mean, just great things keep coming and coming that's spoken of that John is going to do. I mean, here he's, he said that he's going to turn uh, many of God's children to the Lord their God. Uh, so even, you know, even at his birth, he, he's told just wonderful, told wonderful things about, about John and his legacy. And, you know, I got, when I got to think about this, you know, even, even before John was born, I think he was, he was meant to give some, some comfort to people. In the, and also, if you, I'll just throw this, it, also in there you find out that John was also the cousin of Jesus Christ. I thought that was so interesting to me. How he, how Elizabeth, his mother, was, was Mary's cousin. But it says in the 41st verse, And it came to pass when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, Mary the mother of Jesus, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. So there we have a so there we have that prophecy fulfilled that even in his mother's womb, John was filled with the Holy Spirit. He experienced a new birth within his mother's womb. And, and, and to me that is such a, a huge comfort. You know, when, when Christ said in the fortieth chapter, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, to me I think even in that, that's a word of comfort. Whenever you think about uh, you know, the, the many millions of babies that have been, uh, that have been aborted or that die in their infancy, uh, to me this is a sign of comfort to me that, that you know, even inside of a mother's womb, they are not beyond the Holy Spirit. They are not beyond the power of God and the power of Christ. Um, so e even as a baby, John was able to give us that comfort and to know that that, 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 was, that, that could happen, that no one is beyond the Lord. Now, after, after John's birth, it's very similar to Christ in that we don't see a whole lot about him. He, he's, kinda, he, he's out of the picture for a little while. Um, we don't, we're not introduced to him again until he's already grown, he's a grown man, and he begins his ministry. And in his ministry, uh, as I said previously, we will see that in his messages, there are a lot of messages that we still preach today. There, there are things that we still believe today. You know, John, what, what, uh, what, I, what I always love about John is that you know, I've heard several people say that uh, John really, he was the first, he was really the first old Baptist preacher, really, if you think about it. And I think that holds true in his doctrine and what he spoke of and what he believed. Uh, in, the, in the third chapter of Matthew, we see, uh, we see John start to come on the scene. In the first verse it says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair, 
and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Now, you, you, try, to, you try to picture this man who's come out onto the scene wearing clothes made out of, out of camel's hair. And it's not like how it is today, you know, when you, when you hear somebody that's wearing like a, like a mink coat or something like that, it's, you know, that's really impressive and lovely. I don't think this, is, this was completely different. This was made of camel's hair that he had just skinned off a camel and it made clothing out of. It had a leather belt around it. That, that's all that was. And, uh, you know, I think that, that kind of speaks a lot to John's character, too. I mean, you know, you think of a lot of the... If a preacher is well-known today, as John the Baptist was well-known at that time, I don't think you'd find very many of them that are, that are wearing apparel like that or that are, eat, or that are eating you know, locusts and wild honey and just trying to live off and be content with what God has given them. You know, I think that speaks a lot to John's character. How that he was, you know, I think at, at that time, with the amount of fame that he had and people that loved him, he very much could have milked that if he had wanted to. He very much could have been like a Pharisee or a Sadducee, but John didn't. But John was very content. That tells me with what he had and what God had given him, and what his task was to do. That he was that he wanted to complete it. Saying, "Repent ye." The kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, repentance is something, like I said, that we still preach today. Repentance, all that repentance is to turn from something, just to turn from something. Do a literal 180 turn. To turn from an old, from an old habit, from an old lifestyle, uh, from old sins. And that was John's message that he was preaching before Christ came on the scene, was that they needed to repent of their past sins. Another, which... I mentioned ago this in the book of Luke too. At the end of at the end of the first chapter of Luke, we see another we see a, another great example I think that shows how John is is very much like the preachers of today. In the seventy sixth verse, uh, speaking about the child, it says, "Thou child shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways." Now listen to what John was. It's, it was said John would do to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God. That, that, is, that is exactly what, what, what preachers do today. That, that message and that lesson has not changed since the time of John the Baptist. As, as great a man as John was, he was not able to give salvation to somebody. He was not able to, he was not able to do that. But what he could do is the same thing that preachers do today, is that they can give knowledge of that salvation. They can shed a light on a salvation that's already been wrought in that person. And that's exactly what, what it was said that John would do unto his people. And it says that he would, rem through, the, through the remission of their sins. Now how were their sins remitted? It tells us in the next verse. Through the tender mercy of our God. That was, that was part of John's message to him. He taught the he gave knowledge of salvation to the people. Uh, he remitted it. He gave them comfort in knowing their sins had been forgiven by the tender mercies of God. And he called for them to repent. Uh, those are two huge things that are, are still preached of today. To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. That, I, I, I think we can just... Just from that, that there, you know, we can we can learn a lot about, you know, the 
Those are messages that we should, we should very much encourage to preach, just as John did. And I think it's also important, too, that in this third chapter of Matthew, we see the boldness of John. In the seventh verse, it says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? <coughs> now, these were very these were very high figures at that time. I mean, I, I mean, these are the people that had uh, Jesus Christ crucified. I mean, these were high-ranking people in the religious world at this time. And John, uh, very much like Christ, he was very bold with them. He was not afraid uh, to tell people, that, I guess, if they were in the wrong. He just—he was not afraid to. He was very bold in that. And he tells them in the eighth verse, "Bring forth therefore fruits, meet for repentance." And think not to say within yourselves, "We have Abraham to our father." For they unto you that God is able to these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And in the eleventh verse, says, "I indeed baptize you with water under repentance." But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. <coughs> so John, we, we see from that that he gave, he gave knowledge of salvation. He preached uh, repentance to turn from old sin. In that 11th verse, he also he pointed towards Christ. That, that was his whole. That was the, the theme of his message was to point towards Christ, towards the, the towards who he was, you know, running on behalf before, who he was a messenger for. He was his message was to point was to point towards Christ. In the we see that in the I think it's in the first chapter of John. First chapter of John, there were we, there were men that came to him thinking that he was the Christ, and he had and he had answered them and told them no. And it says in the twenty and it says in the uh, in the twenty fifth verse, and they asked him and said unto them, Why baptizest thou then, if thou not if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? And John asked them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it I am not worthy to unloose. And the next day, in the 29th verse, John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said after me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. John's, John's whole purpose in baptizing is to point towards Christ. Uh, and that should also, and that should, you know, every, every message that, w that we speak up here, you know, that, that is also our, our goal too, is to, to point towards Christ. You know, the, the whole theme of the Bible is, is pointed uh, towards Christ. And uh, John was very, uh, to me, seemed very humble in that aspect. You know, he did not, 
whenever I read of John, he doesn't seem to try to take any vain glory for himself, for, for what he did, or for how he lived, for how he spoke. Uh, he wanted to give all glory to Christ. In the third chapter of John, this is just a, another example of where we see you know, the, the character of John. It says, And there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about uh, purifying. They came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, talking about Jesus Christ, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizes, and all men come to him. And John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. John, John knew what his mission was, what his message was. And uh, it, again, it's the same thing that, that we preach today. Christ must always increase. And John was very, uh, was very humble in that, that he, he knew that you know, the time for him to kind of slide away and get out of the scene had come, and that Christ uh, needed uh, to, to increase and pointed his own disciples like, towards Christ. Uh, there were actually, a, I believe it was Peter, and I'm not sure of the other disciple, who were disciples, previously disciples of John, who he, uh, let me just find, I don't want to misspeak. In the, first chapter of, in the first chapter of John, it says, And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. This is John speaking. And he was always just pointing, saying, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. And then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? And they said unto him, Rabbi, which is being termed as Master, where dwellest thou? And he said unto them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. So it was Peter's brother. But anyway, that, that just shows you know, the, the humbleness of Christ, and how, or the humbleness of John, and that he was, his whole message was to point towards Christ, even his own disciples. He, he was fine with them leaving and departing from him because they were following someone who was much greater than he was, and he knew that and understood that. And when we get to the, towards the end of John's life, like I said, John was, John was very bold. And John, uh, John was very bold toward a, a, a king, a, toward a, a King Herod. And it it, uh, it cost it costed John, but he knew. I believe that he knew that um, what Herod was doing was wrong, and he just he called him out on it, just like he did with the Pharisees. He had a boldness about him. In the 14th chapter of Matthew, it says, "At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus, and said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him." For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. King Herod had taken his brother, who was still alive, his wife, 
I believe Herod still had a wife of his own, so it was it was very much you know it was it was not lawful for him to do that. And despite his uh, his status, John in his boldness was not was not ashamed to tell him that what he had done was not right. It was not lawful. And I think that's something else that that we can learn from John is you know that it's okay to be you know to to be bold you know and to let and to, you know if a if a brother offends thee to let him know and to be bold. And it says in the fifth verse, and when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she being before instructed of her mother, said, give me here the John, give me here John the Baptist's head on a charger. And the king was sorry, nevertheless, for the oath's sake. And them which sat with him at meat, he commanded it to be given to her. And he sent and beheaded John in the prison. And his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it, and went and told Jesus. And when Jesus heard it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place. I think he was very upset about that news, very grieved by that news, as his disciples were. You know, as as, a, as sad and you know awful, you know, we might hear that story and think, well, John, you know, John failed or John didn't accomplish his task. But uh, Paul in the in the book of Acts in the thirteenth chapter, he tells us that John, he gives us the comfort of knowing that John had finished, had fulfilled his course, he had accomplished his task. It says in the twenty fourth verse. When John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, and as John fulfilled his course, he said, Who think ye that I am? I am not he. But behold, there cometh one after me whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to lose. I mean, that tells me that John had, a, had accomplished his task that was given him. But he had accomplished his mission. And, uh, and, and, I believe that, and I believe that is proof today and evidence by the fact that uh, his messages are still being spoken today. Amen. The preachers are still giving knowledge of salvation uh, to the Lord's people and shining light upon Christ. That we are still, uh, we are still even before, we, you know, uh, one of our ordinances for baptism is uh, just as John, we require a you know, profession of faith. To repent, to repent from sins and to turn from a, our old sinful lifestyle as, as Paul continued that message on greatly in the preaching of repentance and the turning from our old lifestyle. And that we still, as we should, we, continue, we should still continue to strive to point in all of our messages and everything that we do, we point towards Christ. Amen. And I think... Uh, it, in, in John's last moments, that's what he was trying to do: is to point towards Christ in everything that he did. And uh, that should still be our, our message today. And I think that we can take comfort, mm -hmm. comfort in that. I mean, we can learn from uh, from his legacy, from his message. Thank you.